0: section 13 of exposition of the apostles creed this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by bill mosley lano county texas usa exposition of the apostles creed by james dodds section 13 article Three who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, the creed proceeds to declare belief in the doctrine of the Incarnation, which is thus set forth in the shorter Catechism: Quote, Christ, the Son of God, became man by taking to himself a true body and a reasonable soul being conceived by the power of the Holy Ghost. In the womb of the Virgin Mary and born of her, yet without sin. Two evangelists record the miraculous birth of Jesus. Mark and John do not refer to it, and their silence has led some opponents of Christianity to discredit the statements of Matthew and Luke. But while there is no direct account given by Mark or John of the miraculous conception and birth of Jesus, the fact of his divine descent is implied in many portions of their Gospels. The words with which Mark opens his narrative clearly express it. Quote, the beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. End quote. As does the statement he makes that at his baptism there came a voice from heaven saying, quote, Thou art my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. End quote. John is equally explicit in declaring his belief in the divinity of Jesus. The opening words of his Gospel assert his divine nature quote, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Quote. It is evident, therefore, That each of the evangelists believed in the divine origin of Jesus, for they would not have used such language regarding one who, in their opinion, was a mere man, the son of Joseph the carpenter and of Mary, his espoused wife. Matthew, who wrote for Jewish converts, shows how fully the Old Testament prophecy was accomplished that Christ should be born not at Nazareth, but at Bethlehem, and especially that isaiah's prophecy quote behold a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name emmanuel which being interpreted is god with us end quote was fulfilled in the birth of jesus christ luke who is termed by paul the beloved physician gives the fullest account of the nativity his writings are characterized by minuteness of detail and historical accuracy recent investigations have shown that even in regard to matters about which he was long thought to have been mistaken luke's statements are strictly correct the story of the miraculous conception would not without the strongest corroborative evidence have committed itself to a man of his acumen and his calling a physician by profession the companion of apostles and possessing singular penetration and sagacity he tells us that he had received the facts he narrates from eyewitnesses and competent authorities for information as to the events connected with the birth of her son luke would naturally have recourse to mary there is evidence in his gospel that he had intimate knowledge of her private thoughts and actions lang in his life of jesus finds in the specialties of the narrative evidence of a woman's diction be this as it may the minuteness of detail the message of the angel gabriel the preservation of the sacred songs and of the thoughts and words of the virgin justified the belief that Luke received his information from herself. When we find him assuring his friend Theophilus that he himself had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, the inference is natural that his information was obtained from the most trustworthy sources. There is no reason to doubt that Mary was associated with the apostles of her son And had opportunities of imparting information regarding him which no other could supply. Luke's account corresponds with that of John, to whose care Jesus from the cross committed his mother, and who from that time took her unto his own home. It does not necessarily follow, even if the information was supplied by Mary, that it is therefore to be accepted as true. Human witnesses are not infallible nor invariably honest, and it is conceivable that Mary may have been a dreamer or a deceiver. This article of the Creed, contradicting as it does the ordinary course of nature, stands in need of more than a historic statement. Jesus admitted that if his claims had been supported by no other evidence than his own word, the Jews would have had excuse for hesitating to accept him. If, said he, quote, I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true, end quote, and therefore he appealed to the testimony borne to his messiahship by his father, by John the Baptist, by his miracles and by his life all the evidence by which the divine nature and mission of jesus were credited goes to support the account of his supernatural birth that jesus was born of mary is a plain historic truth to which all must accord belief yes said Renan, who did not regard christ as the son of god quote this story of jesus is no fable but a true history Christ really lived, quote. The miraculous birth was a fulfillment of prophecy. When the angel told Mary that the child to be born of her would be the Son of God, he cited Isaiah's prophecy for the confirmation of her faith. And indeed, the same truth had been foreshadowed when the promise was given to Eve that her seed should bruise the head of the serpent. The first Adam, had no human father. He was the Son of God. It was therefore fitting that the second Adam should resemble the first in this respect, being in a sense infinitely higher than our first father, the Son of God, his only son. It was fitting, too, that he who was to assume the nature, not of any branch of the human family, but of universal man should be conceived by the holy ghost other faiths than christianity are limited in their adaptation to races the religion of mahomet is not practicable save in eastern latitudes the koran enjoins as duties practices that cannot be carried out in western countries the faiths of brahma and buddha find followers only under eastern skies and even Judaism required observances which could be rendered at Jerusalem only. All faiths but Christianity are narrowed down by the nationalities of their founders or adherents. It is otherwise with the religion of Jesus of Nazareth. He came from God with a mission and a message for the world. In comparison with the severe requirements of the law, And the grievous exactions of religions devised by men, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. With him there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free. With him there are no distinctions of sect or country or caste. In every nation, he that feareth God and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. In being born, Jesus assumed the nature of humanity, and in so doing, more than restored to man the likeness to God, which our first parents lost for themselves and their descendants through the fall. He thereby made it possible for God to dwell with man, and for man to rise into communion with God. Sin had effaced the divine image, and no other than the Son of God could give back to men the power to reflect in their own lives the character of God. His possession of the human nature gives us confidence in approaching him by assuring us of his brotherhood and sympathy, while his possession of the divine nature assures us that he can make his brotherhood and sympathy effectual end of section thirteen recording by bill mosley lano county texas u s a